everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. Summer love. This has been a long time, a long time coming uh, relationship or relationship uh, series on relationship. And if you're honest, and if I'm honest, it's something that we all want to hear at some point. It's something that we have questions about. I mean, this is the the stage that you are in life. This is where you make a lot of decisions about dating and relationship. Some of you already have a. No, I was going to say that. Some of you already have your experience with dating. Some of you may have not, may not have any experience of dating, but you hope to get some experience of dating. This is the time where you make decisions when it, when it comes to who you're going to date and what you're going to, or what are you looking for in someone that you're going to date. And not only that, and this is also a, a sad part about this, is that this is also the stage in life where you are more willing to compromise. And we're going to dive into that. But just so you know, this is not going to be your typical dating series in that we're going to tell you these are the things that you need to look in a person when you're dating. We already did that in the middle school. If you remember, who here is remember what are my personal standards for someone to be ready to date? Does anybody know? All right, Layla, go ahead. I believe in you. You got to be financially stable or financially mature. Studog. Street cred? No, that's <laughs> definitely not street cred. <laughs> All right, the other twos are you, because I don't trust you, you guys anymore to tell it. Uh, you have, my personal views are that you have to be financially stable. Listen, if you got no money, that you got no room on take or dating a girl. You shouldn't be dating your mo- with your parents' money. All right, girls, if a guy try to take you out and they're using their parents' money. There's some question there, all right? So don't be taken out. Don't let, yeah, I'm just going to stop there, all right? You need a man, a man that will pay for your bills, all right? Number two, you need to be physically mature. You don't want to date a person that is growing, that is figuring out life, that they don't know their personality, that they're not uh, all there physically, all right? So you have to date somebody that is physically mature. And the third one is, I believe, and most importantly, that they have to be spiritually mature. If the person that you're interested is not spiritual, they don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're not growing their relationship with Jesus, that is a big old red flag, all right? So don't compromise in that area. Those are my three things. And this series is not about those three things, all right? I'm just throwing that out there for you guys to understand. But we're going to be talking about three topics today that are essential for relationship, which is this idea of love attraction, and sex. And we're going to see how those three things go hand-to-hand with one another. And for that, we're going to start with love. If you remember our series on the fruit of the Spirit, we, the first, first thing we addressed was love. And we talk about how love is a word that has been marginalized and destroyed by society. We don't really grasp the understand. We don't really understand what love is and what love is to be because of our society. We talk about how there are people here in this room that you have had someone come to you and say, hey, I love you, I am for you, I care about you, and yet you have seen them how they have affected your life. You see them betray you, you see them hurt you, you see them do things to you that you don't want them to do. And because of that, this word love has been destroyed, has been marginalized, has been uh, uh, minimized, it doesn't carry the weight 
that it was supposed to, to carry. We talk about how the best example of love, the best definition of love is what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. That while you and I were sinners, that while you and I will make mistakes, will sin before God, will do what is wrong before God, he was still willing to sacrifice his son for you and me. That is the perfect example of love. That is what love is. But that's not what we're going to be talking about. You see, we have to acknowledge something, and and it is the idea that every single one in this, every single one of us in this room, whether you want to admit it or you don't want to admit it, we have a desire for love. All of us have an immense desire for love and affection. That's all of us, or to be appreciated. That's all of us. Now, what is interesting is that this is not something new. It's something that has been from the very get-go. When, when God created Adam and Eve, he are, or Adam, he already said the standard when he told him, it is not good for you to be alone. And that phrase right there, it is not for you to be alone, is what has carried out this idea of love throughout history. In that, there is this connection between love and loneliness. And if we're honest... What all of us are afraid of is being alone. No one wants to be alone in their, for the rest of their life. No one wants to be alone in, re, in season of your life. That is why you pursue relationships with friends. That is why you seek out relationship with your parents. That is why you seek out relationship with someone special in your life. Because you do not want to be alone. When alone, when the feeling of loneliness is what pushes your relationship or what pushes you to find love, that is when we will start to have trouble. Because you will find that people, you and I, are subjectable or, 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 or capable of doing whatever it takes so that we're not feeling alone. When you and I don't have a right definition of love, we find ourselves doing things that we wouldn't do otherwise. We find ourselves compromising in areas that we wouldn't compromise. We will find ourselves accepting things from the other person because we don't want to feel alone. This is not something new. I mean, you see in the book of Songs of Solomon, which is a very interesting uh, book. We will teach that and thrive one day, not in the high school because not some of you are not old enough. Um, it says this in, in, in Song of Solomon, first one, or first one, uh, chapter one, verse seven. Tell me, you who my soul loves, where you pastures your flock, where you make it lie down. For why I should like one who, or, or why should I be like one who veils herself besides the flock of your companions? So in this book, it's kind of like a, it's like a back and forward book where you have two people courting with each other, they, talking about their love and appreciation with each other. And in this thing, although it sounds a little bit complicated when you read it, basically what the, the lady is saying is she's asking, where are you whom my, lo- my soul longs? Who are you who I love? Because they, it carries the idea of her wanting to be by the side of the person that she loves. And that is true of all of us that are looking for love. We want to find that person that we can come alongside, that we know that they have their best interests at hand, that they care about us, and all of these different things. That is what we want to find. Is that my mic? It's probably because of beer. Is that better? All right. So you, this is how, this is what carries us. This is what drives us. But here's the problem. When you are driven by the loneliness you are going to compromise everything about you. You're willing to compromise your values, your stance, your, your, you know, your commitment. You're willing to compromise how far you're willing to go or how, far, how short you're not willing to go. 
All of those things happen when you, your driven force is not being alone. That is why some of you have been in relationships where you're looking back and you can say, yeah, I went too far with this guy. Yes, I went too far with this girl. Yeah, I, this guy was not, had, did not have my best interest at hand. Yeah, this girl did not really care about me. Why? Because the only thing that drove that relationship was this fear of being alone. At core value, that is what we're afraid. We're afraid of being alone, which is why it's so important for us to understand love, which in the book of John, we're told in John 15, 13, it says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friend. Obviously, this verse is making references to what Jesus did on the cross and how he, being the greatest example of love, demonstrated how he laid his life for us. But here at Court Nature, what it's saying, this, this is what it's saying here, is that love is not defined by emotions and feelings. And that's something that you have to understand. You cannot let your definition of love be defined by your emotions and feelings. Your emotions and feelings are easy to be influenced. Your emotions and feelings are easy to change. That is why you do not base your, your, um, your feelings and your emotions or, or you don't base your relationship or, or your idea of love based on emotions and feelings. And the opposite, though, we see here, and by that verse, we can come to the conclusion that love is it's, it's the commitment to sacrifice, to serve, and to care one another. That is the definition of love. I don't know what definition of love you have, but if it's something different than someone that sacrifices, that cares, and that serves you, you have the wrong definition of love. And a lot of time, because we have, I shouldn't say a lot of time, every time you're getting yourself in a relationship with someone and you have the wrong definition of love, you're always going to end in a position where you're hurt, where you're going to regret, where you're going to look back and wish that that has not happened. It is crucial for you to understand what love is. Because if you don't know what love is, then the next stage, which is uh, attraction, is gonna really take you by your feet. Attraction, you know, we don't really need to talk about much about attraction. Everybody likes to be with someone that is hot, right? That's pretty plainly, you wanna date somebody that looks good, that, that, that dresses nice, that really gets you going, right? That's who you wanna date. Now, here's the thing. When that drives your direction of love, you're going to see as we, I continue to address that, it's going to lead you in a path that is not the path that you want to go. I think back about this story when I was in high school. I heard a pastor share it, and the, uh, he was talking about uh, there was a guy in his youth group, kind of like Benny, right? A guy like Benny. Benny, and we're going to call him Benny. Benny had two girlfriends or two girls that he was interested in. On one end, you had a, he had a girl that she was just gorgeous. She was the most beautiful girl in the entire youth group that when you will see her, your, eye, your, your, your eyes, your mat will drop. And so he really, this girl was interested about Benny. He liked this girl, Benny. Benny liked that girl. She was gorgeous. Now, the negative thing, or not necessarily the negative thing, but the reality was that she was not someone that was really involved in church. She was a Christian. She read her Bibles every so often, but she was not someone that was really involved in church. In the other end, you had a girl that was very, she was not very, she was, she was okay looking. Let's go that way. She was not the most gorgeous one, but she, was, she wasn't ugly, she wasn't ugly either. Now, the one thing she had was that whenever she sang, oh my word, everyone will be watching. She had a voice that was like an angel, right? And so he was in defense, which one should I go? So he goes to the youth pastor and he asked him, all right, 
this is what I need to go, this is what, I'm, this are what I need to do. I don't know which one to go with, which one would you recommend? So long story short, he ended up going with a girl that can sing very well. They get, they get married. On the wedding day, he sees her walking down the aisle, and he sees her, and he's like, man, she is just gorgeous. I made the right decision. Look at her, how beautiful she is. She is a star, right? She, man, is so excited. Wedding night comes, they play hide and seek. The next morning, it's ready for them to, you know, it's, it's, they wake up, and he looks at her. Makeup is all gone. Everything has disappeared. He looks at her, and he says to her, hey, uh, can you sing for me? If you don't get it, which I, I kind of <laughs> translate different Spanish, the reason why he says to her to sing for her, because the only thing that attracted her about her was the fact that she could sing. But when all that is said and done, it was not enough of an attraction. Why do I share this story? Because there is a value, there is an importance in, in relationship that you have to be with somebody that you are attracted to. You have to have attraction with someone that you're dating. If there's not attraction, then that is not going to work. It's not going to work in the long term. It's not going to work in the short term. It may, it may work in the short term, but in reality, you have to have things that attract you. Now, there is a dangerous thing here when it comes to attraction. If attraction is your driving force, you're going to find yourself in a position where you're going to be hurting, where you're going to be regretting, where you're going to uh, do things that you wouldn't do otherwise, which is why, again, so important for you to understand what love is. Love is now based on emotions and feelings. Love is based by the commitment of caring, serving, and sacrifice. That is what love is. And so when you base your relationship on attraction, with attractions are emotions and feelings, you're going to find yourself making decisions that are not good for you in the long haul. These are decisions that, these are things that people do that, that they look back in their life and they regret the decisions that they're making. To be more specific, there are some truths about attraction. Number one, love should never be based on attraction. For that, we have Proverbs 6.25 when it says, Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. Here, the emphasis is in this idea of being captured by someone that you're attracted. You know, you ain't talking about long eyelashes, so, so don't, don't lose, don't lose the, the point here. The point is here. When you are attracted by someone, you can be so attracted by them that you get to yourself in a position where you're captured by them. And when you are captured, here's the essence, you are at the mercy of that person. Girls, I am sorry that this is the way it is, and I am sorry that this is the society that we live in, but we live in a society where guys just want to capture you with, by, their look, by their attraction. And here's what it means. They want to capture you to a point where they put you at their mercy. And that is why they do with you things that they shouldn't be doing. And those are the guys that we've, sadly, those are the, the guys we have in our community. Guys, in the same way, you can be captured by the way a girl looks. That you're willing to do whatever to gain her respect or her love. That is not how we are supposed to function. That is not how work or how love works. So you have to be careful with that. You do not want to base your relationship, your attraction, your love by attraction. Number two, the most attractive attribute of a person should be their relationship with God. Of course we're going to go there. And we have to go there. That, is, that has to be the most attractive thing that you will find in someone. And it says here in Proverbs 31, 30, charm is deceive, deceive, deceptive and beauty does not last. Recognize that whoever is there, listen, guys, your boy over here had hair 
went all the way till he was 25. And look at me, I don't have no hair no more. Beauty, not that I ever had it, it does not last, all right? So don't base your relationship on beauty. Then he says, the proverb says, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Same thing can be said about a guy. A guy who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. You want to prioritize their relationship with God. Why? Because if they prioritize their relationship with God, then you can come to the conclusion that if they're honestly pursuing God, it means that they understand what love is. And what love is, is lo love is sacrificial, it's caring, and it's about serving one another. That is the individual that you want to be in a relationship with, someone that is sacrificial, that puts you before themselves, that shoots that your best interest before their own, that is willing to sacrifice themselves to care for you whenever you're in needs, not for, not for them to gain their own needs, but to care for your needs. And I'm, not even, I'm just be talking about surface level and someone that cares about you and that they will do whatever it takes for them not to hurt you, not to offend you, not to lead you in a path that you will regret, not to do something that you're going to look back and say, man, I should have not done this. That is why you have to prioritize someone that has a relationship with God. 1 Peter 3, 3, 4 says, Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. From the very get-go and throughout history, you see time and time again that God is not baffled or surprise or, 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 or really care about the looks of men. You think about David and how when he was picking David, people were looking for guys that met this criteria, and God says, my criteria are not the world's criteria, are different. And here in the book of Peter, you see too how he's saying, don't get so caught up in the way that you look, but instead focus on what God really cares about and what he really pleases, which is what is the hidden person, what it says here and at the very end, the quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. That is what you should be after. That is what you should prioritize. It's someone that, is, that, that, seeks, that seeks to grow in their relationship with God. It is someone that puts God first before anything else in their life. And number three, beauty does not mean good intention. And I think this is one of the biggest things here because we're willing to do whatever. Talking plainly, ladies, you're willing to sacrifice your values and your standards simply because that good-looking guy comes and gives you their attention. Let me just be straightforward. If you ever find yourself dating or talking to a guy or a girl that is better looking than you think that you are, they're not doing you a favor by dating you. But the reality is that it feels often like they're doing you a favor, like they're doing me a favor. That is not what it is. Don't, you, don't sell yourself short as if you didn't have any value. Because the reality is no one is doing you a favor by dating you. But what happens is when you view that, when you view it that way, you're willing to do whatever it takes so that you can keep that relationship. And just because they're good looking, just because they look right, it does not mean that they have good intentions. You'd be surprised how many guys out there, they look good on the outside, they talk good, they behave good, but the moment that you give yourself to them, they take advantage of you like you were a prey. And that is why you have to be careful. 
guys, I have a whole thing for you and just wait because I'm going to get at you. Because I am very, sincerely as a guy, I am very disappointed at the guys in our society and how guys treat girls and how guys view girls. And even now as the father of two girls, I'm going to have it out with you guys because we have literally self-served short on how we treat girls and how we, be, we address girls and how we prioritize what is important for them. And so that is why you have to understand that just because they're beautiful does not mean that they have good intention. Matthew 23, 27, you have here the scribes and the Pharisees in their society. They were the most spiritual people. They were the most highly uh, intellectuals. They were someone that everybody thought that they were righteous. They were beautiful, not only on the outside maybe, but even on the, or, or, or even in the inside, some will make case because they were scribes and Pharisees. But look what Jesus says. What to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like a whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appears beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bone and all uncleanliness. That is the reality, not just of scribes or scribes and Pharisees, but even people in the church, people in your school, people in your life, that they may seem like they're good people, that they're good intended. They may seem like they're beautiful on the outside in how they behave, how they talk, how they address you. But if you are not careful, if you're just looking for someone that will feel that need of you not feeling alone, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to be hurt. Which is why you have to remember that love is not based on emotions and feelings, but that love is sacrificial, is caring, and is serving. And the last thing is the big old sex. <laughs> you all love that. Yeah. All right. Sex. We don't need to get much in detail about sex. We, again, we, sadly, we live in a society that you know more about sex by the way of society have taught you than even what your parents have said. It is saddened that you know more what sex is and what sex looks like by our world rather than you having a conversation with your parents where they're telling you the, the beasts and the flies or whatever that thing is called. Is that how it's called? Bears and the bees. Nailed it. First try. All right. Uh, so it is so sad. And it, should, it, is, it should be shocking for you and me that it is a very heartbreaking thing that that is what, that is what it's telling us what sex is. Our definition of sex is based on our worldview and not what the Bible says or what the Bible has to point or direct us. And that is why it shouldn't alarm us when we see statistics like this. A study made to over 2,000 people from the ages of 13 to 24 years old. It says that one out of three believes that viewing porn is wrong. One out of three, out of 2,000, one out of three believes that viewing porn is wrong, which means that the other two are either watching it or they're okay with people watching it. And that is the society that we live in where we have, we have put this thing of sex so up front, so out there that it loses its value. That the initial intent, the initial purpose of it had disappeared because we used it, we throw it away. You go to the movies, you see it over there. You go to TV shows, TV shows that are targeting to 13-year-old to 16-year-old audience. You see it out there. You've been indoctrinated by this idea of sex. They put it out there in, in the way that they promote, you know, uh, your, uh, what is this thing called, the... Um, Makeup. You see it in how they, in sports, they, they, they do it. You cannot watch a, a, a UFC fights. Like the most manly thing that you can think of, you can watch it because you got ring girls just walking out there naked. 
You can't be doing, you can be walking around as a satellite because we have used this image of sex. We throw it out there that it loses its value. And because of that, because also we have a pure view of love, and because attraction is based on feeling and emotions, we find ourselves putting ourselves in doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And that is a dangerous sum for us to be considered. So for that, I want us to go to the book of Exodus. It will be in Exodus 32, verse 7. It will be on the screen. It says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Go down from your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt. They have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, there, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now burn hot against them, and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. In the story, you have God who provides a way for the nation of Israel that was oppressed, that was suffering out of Egypt, and he's leading them into the promised land. And in that process of leading them from the promised land, God is talking to Moses in this hill, in this mountain. And while God is talking to Moses on behalf of the nation, for the benefit of the nation, those in the nations went around and started doing this to fulfill their own desires. They went around and they started making this golden calf, and they put it out there and they started worshiping as if it was something great. In a similar way, that's what we have done as a society with sex. God had an intended purpose for sex, and it was something that it was supposed to be done in a way that would bring glory and honor to him. And instead, we have built ourselves our own golden thing, and we put it out there, and we worship that, we pursue that, we want that, so much so that we are willing to ignore what God has said. And here's what's sad. As humans, we are okay with, with short satisfaction that is why some of us some of us should have put myself in that some people watch porn that is why people are willing to have sex outside of marriage that's why people are willing to do x and y of things because they're okay with having that momentary or pleasure but momentary pleasure will never lead to the actual thing that what is intended it is something that it may be nice in the moment, but when you look back, it's going to leave you full of regret, full of hurt, full of, full of shame, because you have given something of you that was not supposed to be given. Girls, you are not an object. Don't let a God treat you like such. You have value. You have, you're worth it. Obviously, we can go for the simple fact that we can talk about what God was willing to do for you on the cross, so much so that he died for you on the cross, and that is the best example that you have of your value. If you ever find yourself questioning your value, you don't need a guy to tell you that. You have value because Jesus died for you on the cross, and although it may seem like the most generic thing to say in church, it is the biggest truth that you need to remember. You are not an object, and you don't need no man to tell you how much value you have. You are valuable. If you believe that, then... Suckers, when they come to you and talk to you and treat you as such, you're not going to give away anything of yours because you know your value. You don't need no man to tell you what you're worth. Guys, what's <laughs> up, so Bradley? You don't need, you need to understand girls are not an object. 
They're just not a tool that you look for and that you find to fulfill this fantasy of yours that you may have. They're not just something that you look for that you find to fulfill that desire in you to, to do something that you always wish to do. They're not something that you use them, that you put on and you take off whenever you're done with them. They are individuals that they have more value than you could ever imagine. And they deserve you out more respect and honor. So for you to the way you talk to them, the way you deal, you treat them, the way you address them, they're not just another guy that are there to be your bodies. They are beautiful, they are amazing, and they're a gift for God for you at some point if you ever ended up finding a girlfriend or, a, or I should say a wife. So for you to mistreat them now, it's not okay for you to do. And I see the girls, as I, I'm picturing my, the two daughters there, and I get fed up because if I see a guy doing that to my girls, I will be the first one out to confront them and, and approach him. I may go full Will Smith on them, but it may get worse. So guys, do not treat girls like objects. Girls, do not think that you're an object. You have value and you have standards. Don't compromise something just because you don't want to feel alone. Truth about sex. But before that, we got to acknowledge this. God's gift to us will lose the power and the blessing and tender in them when we abuse them outside of his original intent. What God has given us, the blessings, that, the gift that he gives us, which are good, they're gift. Sex is a gift. It's something enjoyable and something amazing. It's good. But it is to be done in the confinement that it was designed to be done. If you do it outside of there, if you do it outside of what God intended there, you're going to find yourself hurting. You're going to find yourself struggling. You're going to find yourself even more lonely than you thought that you would be if you didn't have that person. And you will find yourself full of shame. It is not to be done outside of marriage. Truth about says, number one, we just talked about it. It is designed to be done only in the confinements of marriage. There's no way around it. If you do it outside of marriage, you're misusing this great gift that God has given us as humanity. That is why you do not compromise yourself because of some hot guy or some hot girl are talking you into it. That is why you don't give in way through your emotions and your feelings because you know that love is sacrifice and it's caring and it's serving. And if there's a guy that really loves you, if there's a girl that really loves you, you know that they're not going to take that one thing away from you that required that it was designed to be done during marriage. That they're not going to let their emotions, their, their, their immediate needs, whatever they want to get out of you, they're not going to let those things drive them to get something out of you because they know they're sacrificing, they care, and they love you so much that they're willing to protect you from you giving something that you're not supposed to give till you're married. That is what you need to understand that it's designed to be done lonely in the confinement of love. Number two, sex is holy. Something holy means that it's to be set apart. It is something that is not for you to give. It is something that is designed for a specific purpose. When it's not done in that specific purpose, then it loses its holiness. And what it was supposed to be good, what is supposed to be enjoyable, if you do it outside of its, of, of, of its intended purpose, it's going to hurt you, it's going to leave you in regret, and it's going to leave you full of shame. So you have to recognize that in number three, number three, sex is about procreation, and to draw us closer to our spouses and God. Recognize this. God, or sex is about procreation. It's about you having kids. But not only that, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to get you closer to your spouse and closer to God. That is why you don't, be used, you don't mis misuse that. And number, three, number four, 
now is a good time to stop. If there's any one of you here that are, that are struggling with this, that are actually, that are, are, have been having sex with your, spouse, with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, now is a good time for you to stop. Listen, we serve a wonderful God, an amazing God, that as a God that doesn't guilt us into shame, that although we are sinners, he sent his son to die on the cross for your mistake, for my mistakes. That although you and I are broken and we have failed him, he is faithful and just to provide us care and love. If you have made the decision where you have committed, where you have had sex, and you are in a relationship where, where that is going on, first of all, my Pastor Eric advice to you, you need to get out of that relationship ASAP. But number two, if you have done that in the past, you can come to a God where there's not going to look you as shame and as a hurt. I, I remember this was this big message, this big pastor, and, and, and Matt Chandler talked about this, to talk about a rose, and, and, and this guy got up, and he handed a rose to the crowd, and it got handed around, handed around, handed around, handed around. And by the time that he got the rose back, it was all destroyed. And the pastor said, see, who will want this rose? And if you've ever seen that message from my, by Matt Chandler, you should look at it. It's actually a very sweet, uh, very cool message. But Matt Chandler makes the case that God wants the rose. God sent his son to die for that rose. So if you feel like you've been used, that you've been, you've been maltreat, mistreated, listen, you, there is a God out there that loves you, that cares about you, that is there for you, that can restore you, that can help you to live the life that you're supposed to be. But for that to happen... You need to stop living a life that is a life of sin. A life where you're deliberately doing what you're not supposed to do. That is why we don't get into a relationship just because of attraction. We don't get in a relationship because of the way we feel. We don't get in a relationship because of the, or our emotions or the fear of being alone. We are in a relationship because we understand that the other person cares about me. It's sacrificial about me, and it serves me so much so that they're going to protect something so dear and so special, something that once you give it, you cannot gain it back. Although there is redemption and there is hope and there is, uh, uh, you know, way that God can restore you, that is something that you can never get back. So you have to protect it. So we're going to end this message Typically, we have a challenge or something like that. We're not going to have a challenge because what we're going to be doing is at the very end of the series, we have three more Sundays to, or two more Sundays where we're going to be talking about dating and relationship. But on the very last one, we're going to do a Q&A. And so I will ask so that you can get something out of it is that just go ahead and text some questions to that number. We are not going to know who you are. I'm not, I don't really care who you are and you're asking those questions unless you come directly to me and you ask them. But you can ask those questions knowing that nobody's going to be like, oh, this is what they're doing. You know, this is for your benefit. Text any question to that. At the end of the series, we're going to come back here and we're going to address those questions so that way we can benefit from that. Guys, girls, be careful. Don't give yourself to anyone that comes to you. Don't misunderstand what love is. Love has to be caring, sacrificial, and serving. If a guy and a girl that said that loves you 
don't not meet that description, get out of there. If you are in a relationship where you guys are actively being physically sexuals, get out of it. Guys, don't look at girls as object. They're not something for you to look to. to they're not there to fulfill all your dreams and fantasy. They're valuable. They're special. And they, re, and they deserve your utmost respect and honor. Girls, don't look for a guy that just learned how to brush their teeth to tell you how valuable you are. You're worth it. So much so that God sent his son to die on the cross for you. And that's all you really need to know. You're worth it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to pray, and then you guys are going to be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross, Lord, as the perfect example and definition of love. I pray, Father, that we don't let our culture, our society to dictate what love is, but that we will recognize what love truly is by the example set by your son, Lord. I pray that we will not let our, uh, our fear of being alone, that we will not let our emotions and our feelings dictate our directions on how and when we should date, Lord, but that we will follow what love is, Lord, which is, which is sacrificial, serving, and caring, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would convict those of us in here that are actually living in sin, Lord, that we will recognize that we need to stop. I pray, Father, that you would change our view on guys or on girls depending on which one we are, Lord, and which one we have run. And, Father, I, re I pray that we will be able to live a life that if you do end up bringing someone alongside, that it will be somebody, Lord, that, it will, that in that relationship we can honor you and be glory to you, Lord. We pray this in your glorious name. Amen. Good morning, and city.